Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And we're back. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. My co-host this morning is my father and business partner and mentor, Mike McNamara. Good morning from mm-hmm. Florida. Lucky Good morning, you. Darling, da- darling daughter. How are you today? All right. Hey, thank you. I was going to say thank goodness for technology, but it's been a little blippy so far this morning. <laughs> so we're hanging in there, though, getting the show right. done. By the way, did Cole show up to shovel the snow yet or what? No. <laughs> oh, There's a snow been, shoveler on the way. Okay. I've been doing my own shoveling thus far. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, we're talking about, we thought it was about time this year to do a, a bear market survival type show. Not that we're in a bear market quite yet. But we might as, be. As of here at the end of January. <laughs> but um, but we might be headed to that. And uh, I think it's always helpful to give people some perspective and help them get through uh, times like this, which can be very scary and uncertain uh, when it comes to your investments. So hopefully it's helpful, these little little nuggets of wisdom. And if you miss any of today's show or any other show, you can check out our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Search McNamara on money. Um, that's it. That's my that's my intro, Dad. Where are we going next? We're talking Mis- about mistakes. Mistake number make. five. Mistake All right. number. We might get two shows out of this list. I'm not sure. We'll see how this goes. We here. might need another show. We if might this, if this you down might. market continues. Yeah. Mistake number five. Okay, so mistake number five is really in three parts. It's number six and number seven too. But that's it. So the deal is, so people are getting nervous with their portfolios. 
They're checking their statement monthly or their balances daily, and they're seeing them go down. Okay, uh, and and the they're thinking about reducing or eliminating the stocks in their portfolio, uh, and or maybe buying some bonds or maybe buying some cash. So so like three different degrees of this. Uh, I won't call it panic, but very large concern. How's that? So okay. the first degree is. Let's see, I have a 60% stock and a 40% bond portfolio. I'm getting a little nervous. Can I go to a 40% stock and a 60% bond portfolio? So the, the, first, the first mistake would be lowering the risk in your portfolio by, but still hanging on to a, just a lower risk portfolio with less stocks. That'd be the first mistake. Well, the first so, mistake would be paying attention too much yeah. attention to your money so that you know it's down yeah and you're thank panicking. you thank you yeah there you go okay <laughs> yep there you go okay so anyway and, and then the 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 second one we'll get to it and my guess mistake number six would be you sell everything and you go buy some bonds because they're safe and then mistake number seven is you sell everything and buy some cash because that's even safer than bonds these days all those are big mistakes folks and i'm going to take some time time on each one of them so we're, we're gonna we're gonna spend some time on the I'm reducing the risk in my portfolio by dropping down the stock percentage a bit. You know, we have portfolios. Most people are aware that portfolios get divvied up in probably 20% increments in stocks, like a 20% portfolio of stocks, 40%, 60%, 80%, 100%. Okay, so, uh, so uh, a, a less bad mistake would be to lower the risk in your portfolio as opposed to getting out of the stock market. Well, so so that's the, the, the problem. So here's the problem with just dropping down the level of risk in your portfolio. First of all, you should have done that before the market started to go down. If, if you did know the future, you, you wouldn't be doing this after the fact. Mm -hmm. And in, in most people's emotions, you know, when the emotions get so large, that's when they act. Okay. So there's a pretty good chance that by the time anybody decides they want to drop the risk of peg down their portfolio, that, that it's already down X percent. And now they start to think it's going to zero or going down more sort of a thing. Okay. So number one, I go back to, you don't know when it starts, you don't know when it ends. And by the way, if you're watching it every day and the market's down 18% before you move out, oh well, let's see, I think that's called selling low. Uh, is it, you know, buy high, sell low, that was like, let me write that down. But, but if you're selling after it went down, folks, you're breaking the cardinal rule of selling high and buying low. Anyway, so uh, number one, you don't know the future, okay? And number two, you're going to destroy your long-term returns, okay? I said destroy. Pardon me for getting too excited, okay? Uh, and my example of that, I'm going to give some numbers, but I'm also going to give my famous turtle and train analogy here. Okay, folks, I want you to imagine two hills of equal height and between them is a valley. Okay, and I want you to imagine you're riding downhill number one on a roller coaster and you're riding uphill number two on a turtle. How long is it going to take you to get back to the top of the hill on the turtle versus how long it took you to mm -hmm. get down? Okay, right. so when, when, when you basically 
ride down a stock market plunge or whatever you want to call it, you're on that roller coaster is going quick. When you shift your risk to lower, I'm still staying invested, Mike. I just want to get a little, take a little less risk. Okay, well, you're riding up that hill with less stocks. It's going to take a longer time to get back to wherever the heck you were at the beginning. Okay, and so it's tough to do math on the radio, but here goes. Are you ready for this? If your investment value went down 20%, it will take eight years to get back to where you were at earning 3% a year. And it'll take 12 years to get back to where you were at earning 2% a year. Okay. Okay. We had precious few folks, you know, leave, do what they had to do when, when 2007, 8, 9 came. And I've been looking at awful returns forever for those folks. Because if you lose 20% and you earn two, it'll take you 12 years to get back to where you were. And those returns aren't looking good. So, folks, if you lower your risk after the fact, you will destroy your future returns. You may feel good but you're going to destroy them. Big mistake, okay, it's a problem. So, so the solution, so that's the, the mistake, dropping your risk. The problem is you don't know, okay, and you're, you rode the roller coaster down and you're riding a turtle up. Good luck with that. And then the solution is don't do it and wait it out. And by the way, we'll come to how you wait out. You have to be in a financial position to wait out a bear market. We'll get to that. That's a mistake coming down the road, too. Okay, but bottom line is don't. And by the way, let's see here. And by the way, nobody ever does this, but so let's see. Stocks are really down, Mr. Client. Uh, after they went down 20%, you, you want to sell them. Okay, um, well, wait a minute. Aren't they cheaper than they were a year ago? Let's buy some more because they're cheap. No, people, you know, selling low, okay, is just an emotion. Makes no sense, okay? Uh, and people trying to wade in and buy during a down market, that's a very difficult thing to do because of the emotions sort of a thing. Yeah. But, you know, sell high, buy low, folks. That's it, right? Well, here, here's what people are thinking when, when they want to sell in the middle of a down market, right? They, well, first of all, you don't know where you are in the down you market. Go. You don't know if you're you in don't. the middle. Oh, it's going to zero. I got to get out. Oh, yeah. So what they're, what, what people are thinking is, okay, I've seen my investment fluctuate downward 10 or 20% or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So they're yeah. thinking the market is going to continue going down. So if I get out now, I'm saving myself a further downturn, right? Yep. The only way that is a successful plan is if you is if you're correct and the market continues going down, number one, and number two, if you reinvest your money when the market's lower than it was when you sold, which is very, like you just said, emotionally difficult to do, number one. And it's especially emotionally difficult for the people who were panicking when yep. it was when it was down and wanting to sell. There's no yeah. way those people are getting back in when the market's worse. Yep. But the only way this plan of I'm going to sell now, I'll get back in later. The only way it works financially and if you're and, it, and you're not worse off is if you get back into the market when the market is lower. 
never happens, right? Yeah, it's, right. It's, yeah. And it certainly never happens with people that are panicking in the first place. And sometimes people get those people that want to get out or that get out of the market after it's down, those people that get out sometimes, oftentimes, right? They're getting out when the market's like at its worst. So if they yep. get out and then the market starts to recover, there's no way they're able to get back in when the markets are lower, right? It's just very common for like people to totally panic when we're like really close to the bottom, right? Historically, um, because people... You know, oftentimes don't people don't really panic when it's down 10 or, you know, 5 or 10 or 15 percent. That's not really where we see significant panic. We see panic when it's down, the market's down 25, 30, 35 percent. That's when people yeah. really start to panic. And guess what? That's probably about the, the worst it's going to get. Right. You never yeah. quite know. Um, but but to your point, kills your long term return because nobody you can't time it, number one, and, and those people that are panicking aren't emotionally strong enough to do what they would need to do to not worsen their return if they're, if they're going to get yeah. out. Yeah, so. we, we are not wired as humans to be good investors. No. And, we, and we have to continuously work on that emotion and fear yeah. pride to be okay. But I way, have like uh, two clients that are wired to be good investors. Yeah. And yeah. every time there's like a downturn of the S&P, even if it's like 5%, they're calling me, I have more money to invest. <laughs> I want to put more money in. Of course, they're, of course they're younger and, it, yeah. and, it, and it's a little bit different when you're you know 20 yeah. years from retirement but yeah folks another thing and again right just to, to be to be really simple folks if you had a 50 percent stock portfolio and a 50 percent bond portfolio if stocks go down 30 percent your portfolio is down 15 percent because you only have half its stocks and that's assuming bonds did nothing okay mm -hmm. by the way usually people buy bonds whether they need them or not when stocks go down but that's but that's another story given the circumstances right. but right. but so if you have a remember folks that what the stock market's doing is probably not exactly the same percentage that your portfolio is going up or down. And that's that's something yeah. else to think about. I, I can remember very clearly talking with some folks uh, in our little co Corona COVID crash there the first quarter of mm -hmm. 2020. Uh, and the market was down 34%. And again, uh, most of the folks that I chatted with who had like a 60% stock portfolio, they were down like 12 or 13% temporarily. Mm -hmm. A lot easier to climb out of a 12% hole, you know, than a 34% hole, kind of given the circumstances. So, so folks, when it comes to lowering your risk in your portfolio because you think you know what's going on, remember the train and the turtle. You're plummeting down on a train and climbing back on a turtle. Ain't gonna ain't gonna be a short experience to get back mm -hmm. to where you were. You could significantly impair your chances of retiring based on uh, some some um, mistakes that you've made. Okay, yeah. so enough of that. Uh, don't do it. Okay, the the, the nugget, yeah, you know, the nugget to this whole thing is that the U.S. economy uh, always goes up over the long term. It goes down short term too, every once in a while. It has thus far, okay? And so you're betting on capitalism and the future of the world here, folks, to make it sound a little bit less scary, okay? And, you know, even though it runs against your fear, Let's see when uh, uh, when we mark our let's see when we mark stocks down thirty five percent we're having a sale. How many people are going to come to that sale and buy? 
You know, if you bought a car, thirty-five percent. Yeah. yeah, huh? I was going to say, I have those few clients yeah, that do. Yeah. They come to every sale. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. All um, right. I would also, I would also add, Dad, that a little nugget of wisdom, uh, piggybacking off of that. Another little nugget is, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be in a portfolio that fluctuates down so much that it's causing you that level of panic. So if you have an investment advisor or, you know, a financial advisor in your life, part of his or her responsibility or our responsibility for our clients is is placing them in a, a, a portfolio that's suitable for them. Right. Proper for their um, their situation and their age and, and uh, their retirement time horizon and things like that. And it's our responsibility to give them some perspective on what, how these portfolios have performed in the worst markets throughout history, right? And of yep. course, every market is different and we never know exactly if it'll, you know, it doesn't always mimic the past, but but we can give them some ideas of like, you know, this 60-40 portfolio, for example, the worst it ever was, you know, the worst one year, three year, et cetera. And they should at least go into that investment having some idea of, okay, when it gets bad, this is how bad it could get, right? And 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 I do understand that, you know, talking about downturns in theory is very different from living through a downturn, of course. Yep. Yep. But you but you know, if you're in an aggressive portfolio that's fluctuating down 30, 40, 50 percent in a really bad market, you shouldn't need that money for a very long time. You shouldn't be aggressive if you don't need the money for eight or 10 or 12 years. So it should you know, you should be in the right portfolio. So hopefully that it's not causing you much panic. Like if people are really panicking because they need their money soon, they shouldn't be in an aggressive portfolio to begin with. So yep. I, I definitely think a nugget there is, um, you know, that you should, you if you have, you know, different chunks of money can be invested differently for different time horizons, but you should have uh, suitable investment strategies. And hopefully you have a, a financial professional helping you with that if you don't know what we're talking about there. Yep. And one last little nugget is that after, as an investor, after you've gone through one or two of those downturns, it gets easier mm. because you've, you said, right. if you haven't experienced, if you have right. experienced them and you've seen what happens, they get more comfortable. They're never comfortable, but they get more tolerable over time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and that's what makes good invest. So you can learn that behavior. Behavior, okay, by actually going through it, thankfully, and that's uh, that's pretty cool, actually. And and ho- and hopefully, people start out in there, and uh, hopefully, people start out young enough in life with investing that they can get through some of those bear markets before they're like sixty, and it gets really real in terms of yep. when I'm going to be needing my money. Right? The, yep. the, these markets are scariest for people that need the money soon or that are taking money now, yep. and so if if you can get through some bear markets when you're 30, 40, 50, and, and when you're still far enough away from retirement that you're not really panicking, and so you, it's easier to get through it, hopefully, right? Hopefully, you're more well-prepared when um, when you're older and really approaching retirement, when it gets very, very real in terms of the value of the money that I'm going to be relying on for the rest of my life. 
All righty. Are we another ready? Another reason. Just another reason oh, oh, to oh. start out your investment <laughs> life when you're 22 and you got your first job. Get going. There you get go. Get some money invested. Get some practice. There's so many reasons for that. All righty. Mistake number six. Uh, you're selling your stocks and you're buying bonds or you're selling most of your stock. I want some more of those nice, safe bonds. I'm all excited. I want to get conservative for a while. Mm. Well, you'll destroy your return, as we said earlier, because you have less stocks. But anyway, let, let's talk about let's talk about bonds for a little mm. while. Though. OK, that folks. was so boring. Let's talk about bonds. <laughs> so boring. <laughs> well, it, it, it's Necessary. not going to be boring for the next 10 years. That's okay. true. Well, I yeah. actually feel like it will be kind of boring in terms of the returns that we'll see there but yeah, yeah yes no i agree we don't we should talk about bonds we don't do we, that very much on we, the show yeah we need we need uh to give uh f folks some insights and in our opinion guesses but good ones about the future of bonds okay so the, I'll, I'll start off with an outrageous comment these are not your grandfather's bonds okay the bond world has significantly changed in the last five or eight five six seven eight years uh and bonds are much more risky investments than they have been in the last 30 35 years okay uh and you ought to brace yourself, folks, for some well below average bond returns for the next X amount of years. I say 5, 10, 15, maybe 20, hmm. maybe longer. Okay. Uh, and uh, do, do not expect that they are necessarily a safe haven. No, they don't go down as much as stocks, but they sure as heck can go down. Okay. And if you're investing your whole portfolio, by the way, Having a technical difficulty. Son of a gun. Okay, folks, we're talking about bonds, okay? And the short story is that they're not going to be as much fun as they have been in the past. And I need to explain that as best I can, okay? So uh, a very quick analogy that I think will make uh, sense, uh, but the math is not perfect, but you will understand it. Let's pretend that you have $1,000 and you want to buy a nice safe bond these days. I'm going to make up a number and say that a 30-year government bond pays 3%, which by the way, is about a percent more than they're actually paying these days, but that's okay. I'm just making this up. So you invest your thousand dollars in a three percent thirty-year government bond. You get thirty bucks a year for interest. And by the way, you don't have to hold it for thirty years. You can sell it any time that you want. Okay. So investment number one: you bought that three percent thirty-year government bond. You're pretty happy about that. Uh, a month later, you have another thousand dollars you want to invest. Uh, and you want to do the exact same thing. Uh, and, and the world has changed significantly in that month. I'm making this up, folks, but the math will ultimately make sense. Those brand new bonds that they're issuing next month for 30 years, the Treasury ones, they're paying 6%. You jump at that opportunity and you take your thousand dollars and invest it at that six percenter and you're happy as a clam well wait a minute now then you start thinking well i've got two investments uh i've got a three percent government bond i've got a six percent government bond if i if i don't do anything i'm averaging four and a half percent and i'm pretty happy about that so i guess that would be option number one Option number two, well, wait a minute here. 
why don't I just sell that three and go buy me a six and live happily ever after? And folks, you, you can actually sell your bond. You can do that. But what you might get for it is going to surprise the heck out of you. Okay, you're not going to get $1,000. Okay, think about this. You're running around in a world of 6% bonds, and you're trying to sell your 3% bond. So the short question is, who's going to pay you $1,000 for that when they could actually go across the street, okay, and get 6%. So in that extreme example that I just made up, okay, a 3 percenter is worth about half as much as you paid for it, okay, in a 6% world, okay, and that ain't pretty from a mathematical point of view, okay? So the, the macroeconomic point there, okay, uh, is as follows, okay, it, the short story is that if you own a bond at any given rate, okay, of interest, if rates go higher, after you purchase that bond and you choose to sell it, it's worth somewhat less plain and simple. Okay? So you own a bond at any interest rate. If rates move higher, time to go. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Your investment strategy should largely be determined by the amount of time you have before needing the money. If you are aggressively invested, time is your friend when it comes to your portfolio recovering from the scary stock market. If you need your invested money soon, it should have been conservative to begin with. If you're not sure how your money is invested, I'd be happy to offer my opinion. 781-834-2010. And we're back, I believe. Are we live on the air, Tim? Yes, we are live, baby. All right, we are. We're back, everybody. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my father and business partner, Mike McNamara. Good morning, Dad. I'm glad we're still connected. We, <laughs> we're making a go of it despite uh, technical difficulties this morning. This might not be our smoothest uh, broadcast ever, but we're making a go of it uh, with the technology that we have, given the conditions. And um, uh, sorry about all the interruptions. We're, we're doing our best here. Um, we're talking about, we thought it was timely to do a uh, market downturn survival type show what to do what not to do the common mistakes that people make how to get through market downturns etc we thought it was a good time for that so um, we're going through mistakes people make and, and what we can learn from them if you missed any of today's show you can uh, always find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts you can search mcnamara on money uh, find out more about us at mcnamarafinancial.com or mcnamara of the merrimack Com. All right. So sorry, I cut out there at the end of last segment. Where did where did we end up, Dad? Well, I, where I think I end up, I'm going to start backwards a little bit just to make sure. So let, okay. let me skip to the end first, folks. For the next eight or 10 or 15 or 20 years, it's my guess that bonds are going to be relatively poor performers that pay not very much interest rates compared to long ago and may actually have negative returns for some time to come. Okay, uh, I, I need to back into that without getting too much of a detail. But it, by the way, if you if you own a three percent government bond, folks, and government bonds next month go all the way up to six percent, 
you have to ask yourself the question, what is my three percenter worth in a world of sixes? And the answer mathematically is about half, but or, or at least a lot less, depending on the circumstances. Okay, the, the moral of this story, folks, let me just skip to the big picture. If you own bonds at whatever interest rates they are, if interest rates move higher over time, the resale value of your bonds goes down. They're worthless. And by the way, a 30-year government bond, I'm going to round this off, is like 2%, Alyssa. Wow, unbelievable, huh? Okay, yep. And so you get 2% a year. What's the the average on that? Is it north of three? Is it like 4%, three and a half, 4%? Do you know what the really long-term average is? When I broke into this business, they were 14 in 1980. Well, that was in the 80s, but I don't know what the the average has got to be like 4%, right? Long-term is probably even less than that. Okay. Uh, But anyway, folks, just, just, just think about this. If you had, and think about owning one bond to make it less complicated. If you own a three and the world moves up to six, well, first of all, you should have waited for the six, but nobody knows the future. Remember that. But and how long by the way, you have to wait, right? Yeah, that's right. How long you have to wait. And by the way, well, if you decide to sell your three, it's not going to be worth as much as you paid for it in a world of sixes. That's no. that's just what you have to know. So, so by the way, a thirty-year government bond. I'm I'm close on this. If interest rates move up one percent, a thirty-year government bond can go down fifteen or sixteen percent. I think I'm, that's a pretty good guess on my part. Don't hold it to me, but it's a big number. Yeah. So let me think about this. If you're collecting two percent, and interest rates move up high. One percentage point higher, your bond just shrunk in value fifteen percent. Well, wait a minute. How, how'd you make money on that deal? Okay. Uh, you, 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 and by the way, if you didn't sell the bond and you got your statement, it was still down a bunch and, of money. And it's not unreasonable to think that interest rates could go up by one percent from where they are now in the no, near future, either. No. No. Yeah. Okay. So as interest rates rise, bondholders will suffer some capital shrinkage on their bonds. Well, when bonds were paying six or 7%, if your capital shrunk three or 4%, you might not have noticed it too much. But if bonds are only paying one or 2%, you don't have a lot of protection. Mm -hmm. So interest rates are at all time lows. And by the way, folks, the translation for that is the bond market is at all time highs. So wait a minute, wait a minute. We got a stock market that was at least a month ago at an all-time high, and we have a bond market that is at an all-time high. Huh, that's that's a tough place to make money when mm-hmm. you think about it, okay? So, folks, the, the flip side of that also works, okay? If you owned a 6% government bond and the world went to three, you're a mighty happy camper because that's worth more, either if you sold it or when you get your statement. And you got a lot more income. That that was the case starting in about 1980, Alyssa, until about 2015. For like 35 yeah. years, yeah. It, it was like bondholders heaven. Yeah. Because interest rates were declining. And you just thought you had a God-given right to a 5 or a 6 or a 7% guaranteed no risk return with your bonds. Okay. Yeah. Folks, that game is over because interest rates are at all-time lows. And you just have to ask yourself the question, where are they going from here? Are they going down? Yeah, maybe, but I doubt it. Are they going to stay the same? 
Well, if they stay the same, you're going to get paid one or two percent on your bonds, and after inflation, you lose money. And if they go higher, you're going to see capital shrinkage and probably have negative returns. The United States bond market had a negative one and a half percent return last year in, in calendar 2021. And in calendar 2020, when we had the drop in interest rates, they were up like nine percent. Yeah, there, there you go. There yeah. you go. Okay. And we only had a so, pretty small drop. Too. So if you're a bondholder, you're hoping for a drop in interest rates. Well, if they're paying. If a two-year treasury is paying 1%, I saw that the other day, hmm, they don't have far to drop given the circumstances. So what's my point? My point is if you think that you're going to go to bonds and be safe and have guaranteed comfort for the rest of your life, you are in big trouble, okay, given those circumstances. And if you own a high percentage of those bonds, you're even in more big trouble given those circumstances. Let's hang on a second. I'm at uh, Yahoo Finance here. Let me just get some current numbers to make this uh, quite quite appropriate. Uh, markets okay. and treasury bond rates here. Hang on, pardon my my fat negative fingers here. Boom. This is interesting because this conversation is interesting because it makes it for people that have either a low tolerance for risk yeah. in the markets or a yeah. shorter time horizon before they might need the money, yeah. it's really, really hard to determine a suitable investment strategy these yeah. days if there is a suitable investment strategy. Yeah, yeah. here um, we go. A 30-year treasury, right now, 2.08%. Mm. Lock up your money at a guaranteed 2.8% return for the next 30 years. And inflation in the last 12 months was 6 yeah. Let me think about this. Let me think it, about this. I, I was just looking at CD rates yeah. a couple days ago. and it yeah. Silly. No, no, to even no. Get a yeah. To even get a percent and a half was like five to seven years yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just unbelievable where the interest yeah. rates are I right mean, now. Think about this list. If you, if you put $100,000 in a 2% treasury a year ago, yeah. you got $2,000 in interest. Okay. But your hundred thousand dollars shrunk by six percent. Yeah. In terms of what it could buy. So it only okay. buys what okay. ninety five, ninety six thousand dollars worth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's t yeah. Okay. Hello. Okay. Uh, how you doing, folks? Okay. Yeah. So and and I'm looking at today's rates, which were yesterday's. So and yet, well, I'm going to go on the safe side. I'm just going to buy a thirteen week Treasury bill. Uh, it's not quite two tenths of a percent. Wow. Okay. So, so folks, let me be really clear. Any bond yield you could probably find today is lower than inflation by a bunch. Yeah. And by the way, you have the risk of your capital shrinking while you're holding on to those. Yeah. So at the very least, you don't want to increase the proportion of bonds that are in your portfolio. I don't think. Okay, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a generic comment, or at least think very carefully about doing that, okay? Uh, we, we think that you should have some bonds in your portfolio, even if they're going to be flat, uh, because they cut down the excitement of owning the stocks, which is where you make all of your money anyway, given the circumstances. But it's now that is the fact more so than ever. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, the bond yields themselves are less than inflation. You're guaranteed to lose money at that. You, you want to guarantee with your government bonds or any of your guaranteed bonds, I'll guarantee you that after inflation, you're going to lose money. And we haven't even got the taxes on that. Yeah. It's really, but folks, there's no place to hide. If you're thinking about where do I go to make any money and get safe, the answer is no. There's, there's no place to hide. And that's how the world is these days. Uh, and you've always made your money having through your stocks.
you might not make as much going forward as in the past, but compared to whatever else is out there, you, you got to kind of try to put things in perspective. Maybe I shouldn't put my short-term money uh, in, in the stock market <laughs> or something volatile <laughs> like that, which is good. Thank, thankfully, people realize that right now. Yep. Um, but it's tough. People are, you know, used to being able to put money in a CD if they needed it a year or two from now or in a very conservative portfolio and earn a few percent per year or something. It's just there's just no option, no good options, I think, for people right now with um, with short term money or, or for people that have a, just a low tolerance for risk in the markets. Yeah. It's and really that, raises, that raises a very good point, folks. Investment returns are what they are. Okay, you can either accept them and say, okay, or you can try to take more risk and higher the return. That's always a dangerous place to be. Well, I, I, I can't live on the 1% that I'm going to get in my CD. Well, so what are you going to do? Uh, you know, go buy stock options or, or go buy high yield junk bonds? Or, people, if you don't, it, stocks are going to return what they're going to return for the rest of our lives and so on bonds. It's that, that's what it is. If you don't like those returns, people take more risk and, and pile that on. Not not a healthy thing to think about. It. Just not not healthy. It, folks, it is what it is. Get used to it and deal with it accordingly. There aren't. It is hard, list, but it's easy. There's no there's no choices. They don't they don't pay anything. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think I I guess I've beat bonds up enough. You mm -hmm. need to have folks. You need to have some in your portfolio. Uh, as a diversifier, by the way, when it hits the fan, people are going to buy bonds whether they need them or not, even if they're paying 1%. And they'll probably drive the price up, which is yeah. what they did earlier this month, this past month, as I, a matter of fact. I know? do think there are some situations in which it might be okay for people to take a little bit of an increase in risk, however. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Like, you know, you and I know that, like, in the world of uh, having a balanced portfolio, there are a few options, yep. right? And so... The, you know, years and you know, years ago, someone in a conservatively tilting, balanced portfolio, um, you know, could have earned four or five or six percent at a, you know, at, at pretty low risk, and they could have beat inflation by several percentage points and had, you know, yeah. good growth of money and done so at a low, you know, comfortable level of risk for them. But you know, based on this discussion, right, and the interest rate environment and the stock market environment you know, it might not be so easy for people to earn those returns in those conservatively tilting balanced portfolios. So there there might be some situations where someone Own might have stocks. to go slightly out of their comfort zone if they want to achieve those same returns that they're used to. Um, or or they need, able to beat, or that right, they or need. They, or that they need, or, that, or if they want to continue to beat inflation and have, you know, real growth of money, you know, there are ways where you can still be in an appropriate and balanced portfolio, but maybe you're ratcheting up risk a little bit in order to achieve your goals. Uh, it, it, but, you know, be obviously uh, fully understanding the, you know, ramifications of an increase in risk, of, of course, is very important. But um, some situations where I think it's warranted. All right. So listen, okay. I think we have just enough time to discuss mistake number seven. Okay. With a little luck, we'll see how this goes here. Okay. So mistake Alrighty. number seven is, okay, you didn't buy bonds. You went to cash, the safest investment in the world. Ugh. I'm not going to lose any money in my cash. It's not going to go down like bonds. Okay. Mm. So, okay. So by the way, cash folks, when, when we investment types say cash, we mean basically bank money, savings accounts, 
money market accounts, maybe a very short-term CD, some very short-term treasury bills. But basically, savings and money market accounts for, for most folks out there in terms of what we're talking about, okay? Um, so, well, let's see. I, I know when the stock market's gonna be at bottom, so I'm gonna go to cash right now, okay, and write it down, okay? Uh, and then when it hits bottom, I'll put all my money back, okay? Well, that's not gonna happen, folks. Right. That's not how it works, okay? And so, well, there may be some people say, well, wait a minute, I, I think the stock market's gonna go down. I'm just gonna go to cash and wait till it stops going down and maybe comes back up and goes back in again, okay? Well, here's, so here, here's the problem, okay? There's, there's several problems with that. Um, Cash pays absolutely nothing. It's like if you check your savings accounts or your money market accounts, they're like at a tenth of a percent or maybe two tenths of a percent. Maybe the big ones are at three tenths of a percent. That's kind of where the world is, folks, okay? And so if you're, if you're a retired person and you're drawing money from your portfolio and you decide to go to cash, and if you were drawing, say, 5% a year out of your portfolio, well, if your cash is earning nothing, while you're sitting in that nice safe cash pile, your portfolio is shrinking 5% a year while, you, while you're waiting for things to get better, okay? So you don't get paid anything in cash, okay? And it's a safe place to sit, but if you're actually withdrawing money as in retired, then you're gonna see your portfolio shrink for all the time you do that. That's, that's pretty scary. Right. And, and if inflation continues at five yeah. or six percent, you're really it's really yep. drawing your cash down by 10 percent. If you're yep. taking out five percent and inflation is five yep. percent. Yep. So I actually yep. wonder, like, you know, cash hasn't paid anything for a very long time, north of a decade. Right. Um, yep. Almost 15 years now. Yep. And um, so so people kind of know that. And but what we have now is high inflation. So I actually wonder if fewer people might be tempted to go to cash now because it's such a loss leader now yeah. more than ever, right? Yeah. Not only is it paying nothing, but we have in, you know, roaring in, in can I say the word roaring if, when describing inflation? I think I can when inflation was 7% last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so I, I wonder if that might dissuade people from going to cash if this bear market continues. I don't know. I kind of hope so yeah. because, you know, I, you and I know that in many situations going to cash in, in the middle of a down market is a mistake, a financial mistake that people make. And um, yeah, um, unless, unless it persuades them to get brave and do something silly at higher risk, that's right. going to blow up that's too. That's true. That's, that's the true. other side of that, right? They're going to okay. put it in cryptocurrency maybe this time oh no (laughs) tell me about tell me about high yield bonds they're paying four percent these days or five percent i need some of that or something like that okay interesting yeah Yeah, so so the you know the the so the the problem is that that cash pays nothing and then by the way so think about this okay if you if if it pays basically a tenth of a percent and we had 7% inflation in the last year, unless I miss my point, your money is 6.9% less more value, you know, less valuable than it was a year ago when you take away inflation. I mean, think about yeah. that, folks. I mean, th- yeah. Think about that. In, in cash, you lost 7% last year. No, you, you didn't make, no, it's not that you made nothing. You lost 7% last year of what your money can buy. Okay, people need to understand that money's only as good as what you can buy with it. And the biggie here, you can write this down, folks, if you write down anything, in order for you to either preserve your wealth or get wealthier, you have to make more than taxes and inflation take away from you 
from your money. Okay, can't do that in cash, can't do that in bonds these days. Don't leave a lot of other choices on the table. And so I, th I think the, the solution is to deal with the stock market volatility and maybe actually increase it, okay, mm -hmm. some, some degree to, to get the returns that you might need. You know, what you're comfortable earning as a return and what you might need to earn as a return. They might be two different numbers, okay, uh, and, and, and who knows how that works. By the way, at list, I did an example, and if you haven't read it yet, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna surprise you then. But so, I broke into this business in 1980, okay. Okay, uh, in money market rates in 1980 were 12.68%. That's courtesy of infoplease.com. If it's on okay. Google, must be true. So 12.68%. So oh my gosh, that's my cash is getting me. Not one-tenth of a percent, but 12.68%. Well, well, folks, in 1980, the inflation rate was 13.5%. Okay. So By the way, yeah, you're fur, you're further yeah. behind today than you were then, okay? And, and you thought you're in heaven wow. with a twelve. Th earn twelve point six eight. Inflation is thirteen point five. Wow. And by, the way, and by the way, catch this, okay? If you were married and earning twenty thousand dollars a year, you're in the twenty eight percent tax bracket. Wow. In 1980. Okay. I've, I've been okay. saying tax brackets are so low right now. <laughs> they they like, are. Oh, my God. If you look through, like, go, you know, go back 50, 70 years, yep. tax yep. brackets were so much higher. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. okay. So, so, so cash. Okay. You just have to subtract that. You, there's no taxes if you're in a tenth of a percent. <laughs> I guess. Is that the good news with cash yeah. that you don't have to pay any taxes? Okay. But, right. but just think about that, folks. Just think about that. If, if you had 5% inflation for four years, your money is 20% less valuable. Okay. Than it was when you started. Okay. You're still looking at the money. It still looks like the hundred thousand dollars, but it buys like 80,000. How are you doing? Uh, you, you, your, mo yeah. your money's only as good as what you can buy with it, and your investments have to at least preserve that. It's just extremely difficult to do that if all your money is in cash or bonds these days. By the way, you need to have money in cash for emergencies and for short-term things and deal with the fact that you don't earn any money on that. That's how it is, okay? But it's, it's kind of funny. You're worse off today earning one Okay, then you were back then earning 12, but you're still that's negative. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's really still interesting. 12.68 yeah. in the money market fund, 13.5, the inflation rate, you're behind earning 12. Wow. Okay, and, and think about crazy. your money shrinking at 12, at 13% a year for a couple, three years. So what, you know, what does that do to your retirement fortunes, you know, kind of given the circumstances? And you, I guess, and you were even worse off a few, you know, a year or two or three ago when cash was paying zero and inflation was two yeah. or three percent, you're there, still worse there, off there, than there, there you go. Than you, you were you in can. the 80s. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to this probably next show. But folks, your biggest worries about preserving your wealth or growing it is tax inflation. It's not, it's, it's not stock market volatility. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in spades. Okay, not, not, not this week. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. I think I have time to do a teaser. You got about two minutes. I know. Two, this three minutes. Be, I don't know all what right. to do about this. Uh, all right. Here we go. Okay. So mistake number eight, and we'll have to pick up on this next time. Mistake number eight is you go to the bank with all your money because it's guaranteed. 
okay? And that's the cash. Yeah. That might be CDs, by the way. CDs, I, an investment, Mikey's definition of an investment is it has a chance to make more than taxes and inflation take away from you. Okay, certificates of deposit are, do not fit my definition of an investment. They may fit that some other folks' definition of that. But folks, okay, banks and guaranteed investments, you, you need to think about this for a moment. Okay, you can never, so the mistake is you go to the bank and or, and or you purchase guaranteed investments like bonds. And the problem is you can never get wealthier by investing in guaranteed investments. I'm gonna explain that right now. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, a six month CD, by the way, lists from the Quantic Bank, according to bank rate, okay, 0.5%. Mm. 2022 annual inflation rate, seven. Huh? Yeah. You're six and a half behind, okay. Yeah. So, folks, anytime you hear the word guarantee associated with an investment, you should get nervous because I'll pretty much almost guarantee that after you take away taxes and inflation from what you thought you earned in that guaranteed investment, you are losing money. Okay, in our business, and this is a good thing to close on, we have this thing called a real rate of return. What did you really earn after you paid taxes and inflation on what your money did? Okay, and if the short answer is, if you had a bigger number than what taxes and inflation took away from you, Okay, then you got wealthier. It is extremely difficult to do that with any investments mm. that are guaranteed because the returns are so low. Okay, and you have these things called taxes and inflation, and that's just where you sit. Okay. All righty. All right. Well, you got to so, wrap it up. Holy cow, we got another whole show. I got about 10 more mistakes we have to Oh, really? All right, we'll do. Let's see how this. We'll, we'll, let's see how this market continues and stay tuned for part two of Bear Market Survival Guide. Um, all right, you're listening to McNamara on Money. I hope you took a little, took a few nuggets of wisdom from today's show. We're talking about how to get through volatile markets, things to do, things not to do, common mistakes people make. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined by my father, Mike McNamara, this morning. Find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamaraOfTheMerrimack.com. You can always find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Search McNamara on money. I hope everyone stays well, stays warm, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Dad. Bye, Liz. Take care. Bye-bye.